All right, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and today we are talking about Warner Brothers' latest comic book hero movie, Blue Beetle, which I kind of associate Blue Beetle maybe with the Teen Titans, but this one is directed by Angel Manuel Soto. The writers are Gareth Dunnett Alcacer, and it stars Zolo Maraduena, who has gained a lot of his fame from Cobra Kai, which has been going on for several seasons. Bruna Marconzene, George Lopez, Becky G. But the synopsis is, an alien scarab chooses Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a pseudo armor that is capable of extraordinary powers for ever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as the Blue Beetle. The movie starts off with a hunt for this artifact by a company called Cord Industries. Susan Sarandon, basically the in charge of this. Her name is Victoria Cord. She's looking for this alien artifact to implement the whatever technology with the artifact into the pseudo armor similar to Iron Man. Then you meet Zolo Maraduena's character coming home from college, and he's kind of a broke college student without a job. So his family's kind of teasing him, or his sister specifically is kind of teasing him about that. Again, George Lopez is his uncle, and he's living with his family, so several generations of family living in the same house. It takes place in two different areas, so there's like Palmera City. It kind of looked like Miami mixed with like San Diego, but I guess apparently it's supposed to be in Texas. Again, Hami is broke, and then he's trying to find a job. His sister is like a cleaning job for Court Industries that offers to help bring him aboard to at least have a job post-college. There's a disagreement, the approach that Court Industries should be doing. So uh, Bruna, she plays Jenny Cord. She's the daughter of the person that actually started Court Industries. So she's the niece of Susan Sarandon's character. So again, there's a dispute about how you need to be handling the business. Jenny doesn't want to be the military industrial complex type stuff. So Jenny wants to have like this very progressive company that helps people versus Victoria's way of trying to militarize and pseudo armor for the world. <laughs> but Tony Stark was right. Jaime's sister gets Jaime fired by accident. So what happens is that during this confrontation between Jenny and Victoria, his sister disappears, does something in court industries that helps get Hami fired. Jenny, relatively the same age as Hami, feels bad for him. It's like, hey, well, give me a call. I'll give you a job. But then what happens is that he decides to take her up on that offer. He tries to go to court industries. But during this time, court industries has found that scarab. Jenny steals the scarab. Her rush out of the building after stealing it she runs into Jaime, who is waiting for her to basically offer him a job, shoves the scarab in the fast food box, hands it to Jaime, tells him to guard it with his life, and then he runs off. When he gets home, he opens up the box, and it is the scarab. The scarab bonds with him and then turns him into the Blue Beetle. So if you kind of remember from Iron Man, which this movie pulls a lot from, Matt, how do you feel about Blue Beetle? I was a little guarded about it because I didn't really know much about this character. I mean, I get it. You have to start from somewhere. To me, it felt like an Iron Man slash 
Spider-Man combination movie. Yeah. I know uh, DC desperately needed a likable character because all their characters are all dark and grim or their storyline sucked. It was one combination or another. And they found an actor that everyone was familiar with had those attributes in which they badly needed because... DCU, let's be real, it, it's dead. There's nothing. Well, universes. one thing about this movie, this movie was actually supposed to go like directly to HBO Max, and they decided to put it out in the theater. So that kind of tells you what they were thinking and shake up like that Batwoman movie or Batgirl movie. Like they canceled that. So this is kind of in that same. Hey, we're like canceling certain things, but this somehow survived the cut. Probably should have went to HBO. That way, ah, uh, they went to the movies. Ah, oh, this sucks. This sucks. I really haven't heard a lot of positive things about this movie, to be very honest with you. The Latino twist, I mean, that's cool. The, the grandma was funny. I just think the timing of this movie was off. If this movie came during a time in which there was DC successes, it might be viewed a little bit better. But standing on its own, I probably would have watched it on HBO. Action was there. The action was there. The CGI was actually quite decent. I, I did like it. But again, nothing that gravitated me to the screen where I like, had to see it. This is a movie. And I think DC's trying to get to that point, but it's not there. This movie was better off than HBO. Viewpoints on Blue Beetle, Big Mike. Yeah, so I actually did like the movie. I was pretty insane. I liked the action. I think George Lopez was funny. The grandmother was funny, as Matt just said. There were times where it felt like they directly ripped off Iron Man 1. <laughs> yeah. Like, Iron Man the and the first Spider-Man movie, like, both of those. Said, like, hey, what scenes can we pull from that? Go ahead. They're like, let's steal all the good stuff, which, I mean, if it works, why not? But Yeah, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, and like I said, that's how I felt a few times. Main battle. The dude's voice even kind of sounded like Ironmonger at one point. <laughs> and yeah. The bus cutting in half kind of remind me of Doctor Strange with Multiverse of the yeah. Multiverse of Madness when he cuts the bus in half and then felt very much like Iron Man one. I guess a climatic battle at the end. Yeah, well, and also just that. fighting the analog of the main character. I mean, the same thing with uh, Ant Man. It's kind of like the same thing. You're just fighting the same person, which is just evil. <laughs> Even Susan Sarandon's character, who was honestly just kind of getting my nerves, and I was like, all right, maybe she's just at a point she's just doing stuff because she's bored or needs a check. But the racist manager. Um, There's a lot of race subtext in this movie. People of a certain class are only this, and this is how you have to portray anyone that is of this race. But go ahead. No, she felt kind of like Jeff Bridges' character. Like I said, he borrowed a lot from that. And imitation is the greatest form of flattery, and if it worked, why not use it for yourself? I like Zolo as an actor. Time goes on, I think maybe he'll get even better. Um, but unfortunately, outside of Cobra Kai right now, it's just he's kind of not getting the right roles. And unfortunately, like I said, this is a bad situation in D.C. because you had Shazam sequel, which honestly I didn't think was that bad. That movie still bombed, though. So it's like... Right, it bombed, which, again, I enjoyed this, but unfortunately it bombed. And a lot of it's because, like I said, what I think Keith mentioned before was James Gunn essentially came in and said, hey, you know, bump everything that happened. Like, I'm wiping the sake clean besides these films. And we find out basically The Flash was only kept because it was his method for undoing or getting rid of what was there before. So no Cavill, no Affleck, no Godot. Blue mm -hmm. Beetle, 
I'm guessing you kept it because it's basically the Spanish movie and diversity and all that. And claiming that this is the first Latin Americans. I'm like, yo, what about the dude that was in Suicide Squad? Uh, was like El Diablo. Like, wasn't he? Like, yeah. I guess solo star. I guess if you want to start making the trading card version of actually you're trying to give this person, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, he's basically already let people know like all that stuff's not gonna matter. Like he's got his own plan and that's what it's gonna be. And they're just at least starting off on the wrong foot. I don't see and I think I said it before, like at this point, this Superman movie has to be utter perfection. Because anything less, I don't see anybody coming on board of DC. Like Yeah, that's supposed to be a people, younger Superman, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's basically starting all over. He cast who I figured he was going to cast the lowest lane, but I was just telling him the other day, like, the Superman character, I forgot who all was up for the role, but he ended up going with the one dude that I was like, yeah, I don't see that, and then that's who he ended up picking, so I don't know how this is going to go. Um, but again, like, at this point, Aquaman 2, I don't even know why this is still on the slate, because they said if damn near reshot, like, the whole movie is so bad. Why are you going to continue to spend and waste money Especially when you kind of already said you want Jason Momoa to play Lobo. So, like, why don't we just scratch the Aquaman sequel and just keep it moving? No more Wonder Woman at this point. Yeah, which, again, like, the Cavill snafu. Who's miscommunicating here? Because then you had Godot come out recently and say, oh, yeah, we talked about Wonder Woman 3, and then Gun's like, yeah, we're not doing that. Either stop running your mouth or you need to get your house in order because out the gate you're already in a bad state. And it's not looking good. I'm looking forward to a Matt Reeves Batman sequel, but Gunn, you need to stay the fuck out of it because he was successful the first time without your input. Let him do what he needs to do for the second one. Joker, I didn't even like it as a film, so I don't really care about the sequel, but whatever. People were on board, so I guess <laughs> that might end up being successful. That's the only be. things that, like whatever the side stories are called, like the, the Batman and the Joker, the ones that are solely DC focused and not necessarily part of the DCEU or what used to be the DCEU or actually doing okay. Joker movie made a bunch of money. The Batman made a bunch of money, but then you look at anything that was the legacy stuff. Shazam only grossed $135 million. <laughs> Blue Beetle only $81 million. Shazam's trying to appeal to everybody. So it's like a family movie and it's like we have all the races represented in Shazam. It's targeted to a certain group or like, hey, well, all the marketing is saying Latin, 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 and then the box office shows that nobody went to go see it. This movie, it's okay. A lot of it for me is just the the family dynamic that it was like too sitcom-y. And I've said this about a few things lately. I champion Black Panther for the fact of I relate, I understand. So other people who don't tend to like the movie I always say they always seem to be of a different race and... I don't see how you can speak on that for us. Mm-hmm. As far as the family dynamic goes in this, I know for a fact that Zolo had an interview with Viral, I think it was Variety, one of those I read. He basically was saying that he liked it because he felt like it almost most accurately represented their dynamic. He's like, that's how family life for us is. Like it represented best. I know the director's Spanish as well, or Mexican. Like I was he saying before, it but it's like several, several generations of family living under the same roof. What they kind of want to all think. So, it didn't bother me if it bothers some people. I, you know, I guess I understand it, but somebody identifies when they're like, no, that's really how we are. And they, it gravitates towards them. They feel a connection to it. Then I think that's all that really matters. Everybody else may not be our dynamic. So 
Big Mike only knows um, the Colombians. <laughs> you know, I understand what you're saying. Don't even feel sick on me, but I feel like George Lopez balanced it out really well. His jokes for me, they very much had. I was in the movie there laughing at him, and I wasn't too sure how he was going to come off playing kind of the genius, nerdy uncle and all that with the crazy truck and the ponytail and all that. But his, his jokes actually ended up really working. I thought he came off really well. Yeah, that's all I was going to say about that. So, Big Mike, what score would you give Blue Beetle? I keep gravitating towards a seven because, like I said, I actually enjoyed the movie despite the seven that I could complain about. Like, it very much was a popcorn film to me. Kind of sad for it because, like I said, I don't see where this is going to get a sequel. I don't see where it's going to get an HBO Max streaming show or anything. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be in a one and done, and that's kind of to me highly unfair. It's kind of like the Shazam thing. Like, that might have worked best for this if this was like maybe eight episodes of a TV show. I mean, obviously Zolo's from Cobra Kai. And that's like where he has gotten a lot of his notoriety. And that show's kind of gone on for almost like seven years, seven, eight years at this yeah. point. So, I mean, people yeah, are I familiar think got one more with him. Finale season. Yeah. But with this, and it also being another origin movie that I'm familiar with Blue Beetle as a part of the Teen Titans. Like, that's my familiarity with him. And obviously, there's been multiple iterations of Blue Beetle, which kind of is touched on in this movie. I've kind of seen this before. And I'm not talking about the the racial dynamic of it, but, like, this movie, you have seen this before somewhere. Coming into my powers, I don't understand. But you have seen this before, whether it be from Marvel and or DC themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on the animated side, there's been, like, a Blue Beetle, I want to say at least, like, one movie. For me, I probably would give it like a 6.5 to a 7. It's okay. I mean, again, this was supposed to be direct to streaming. This is probably the best route for this and not a major release, which is like they have been promoting this pretty much. Again, this is the first Latin American so-and-so and comic book history and having his own major release movie. Make it sound negative, but it's just like a run-of-the-mill movie you have already seen before. I mean, this could be like a Disney Plus show. This would be like the equivalent to Miss Marvel having a movie. I mean, obviously, it's kind of the same thing. Miss Marvel kind of touched on the family dynamics and then obviously coming into power. You're also in high school. I mean, Hami's in graduating from college. There's a lot of similarities between that. Like, again, we've already seen this, so. I feel sorry for these actors who get put in these positions and unfortunately <laughs> end up suffering because of bullshit going on these studios that's why i say honestly the strike i'm kind of not really mad about it like i feel like maybe hollywood need a reset all around period a lot of poor decision making particularly in the past maybe five years definitely since 2018 definitely since the pandemic hit but there's been a lot of poor decision making a lot of like trash writing uh, obviously you have the writers striking for one reason or another been a lot of the trash writing going on, kind of ideas set in the motion that in the case of DC, where they had canceled like a slate of movies, like movies that were already filmed and in the can and like waiting to either be released on streaming and or wide release in the theaters that is canceled. Again, this movie is kind of along with that, but writer's right. Maybe something good can come out of it where you actually kind of get those maybe mid-budget bangers, and then you still kind of get the larger-budget popcorn movies. But it seems like right now, if 
things aren't averaging 500 million, half a billion dollars in the box office, there's no room for you. There's no place. Now, I think the only movies this year that have really done that, I think Oppenheimer, Guardians, I forget where that might sit at, like Guardians 3. So you talking about as far as the box the office. total gross? Yeah. So Barbie hit a billion. Mario Brothers was a billion. Yeah. Oppenheimer's sitting at like, I think I saw it, it was like 777, and it's right behind Guardians 3, which was like 843. And then it's Mission Impossible, and I forgot what else. And that movie got but screwed. That's it. Mission Impossible got screwed just by bad timing. Like that's yeah, it did. It absolutely did. It's just, and it's terrible because it's a really good movie. Seen that movie twice in the movie theaters, and it just got screwed by whoever made that decision to release that movie at that time. <laughs> Tom Cruise to fire that person right before Barbie and right before Oppenheimer, and that was a bad spot. If you release this movie, maybe like late summer you were probably guaranteed enough money if you release it beforehand kind of like let's say maybe after definitely before spider-man but in between guardians you can probably make that money back i mean again when that movie got released indiana jones was also in that same window that is the beast game podcast blue beetle will likely be on hbo max where it probably should have been probably in a couple of weeks i said that the other day I yeah said it'll be on streaming in probably a couple of weeks because flash is already just premiered yeah, yeah, on yeah. HBO Max. because flash got that hot exit out, out of the movie yeah. theater and into the streaming verse yeah like this movie you're not gonna hear too much about this and then the flash has only grossed 268 million those aren't good numbers for a movie that had a lot of behind it. Some of it might have been Ezra Miller's. I still don't know if I buy that being this much of a reason on a movie failing. Or superhero like, fatigue. Just, yeah, maybe. It? But again, I think like he said, I, I think he hit on the nose with the fact that we know none of this matters now. Like, what's the point? They're not building to then all of a sudden the Flash and whatever iterations of Batman... <laughs> That might exist. A George Clooney Batman. And you kept George Clooney. Okay. Uh, What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously The Flash is just had filmed the movie, invested enough money into the movie. Whose decision was it was, we're going to ride it out with Ezra Miller. We're going to defend this person to the death and make sure this movie's seen. But Jonathan Majors is literally about to be written out of Marvel already. Like... Yeah. I don't understand these decisions at all. Like, we did all this to build up Kang, and now, basically, from what I understand, Kang's not about to be the big bad anymore. We're going to shift into Doctor Strange, because you already laid that out in Multiverse of Madness, so that's where we're about to head. Strike is probably a good thing, because we got a lot of stuff to figure out. <laughs>